in today's show. Here we are to break down all of the action from Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Just one thing before we start. Don't use any waiver ads in general. Yes, there might be some situations. Maybe maybe there's something going on in Portland. We might have a waiver wire move to make there. Maybe there's something in Sacramento. We might have a waiver wire move to have there. But for streaming, don't worry about it. It's absolutely a waste. For a short-term one-week thing, it's a waste. We want to see what unfolds at the trade deadline. So, with that out of the way, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Larry Nance, having surgery on his knee. Um, He was already a drop, but just in case you're not aware. Get that garbage out of here! Bye-bye, Larry. Six weeks at least for his knee. Six weeks takes us through to the end of March. End of fantasy playoffs. End of the regular season, basically. Yeah, he's done. Does this boost Jackson Hayes? Or in a lot of people's eyes, it does. To me, it doesn't, because I didn't think Hayes was going to... I didn't think Nance was actually going to have an impact on him to begin with. Um, The big question with Hayes is what's going to happen in terms of a starting lineup. Is Devontae Graham going to start next to CJ? With Ingram and Jones at the three and the four, with Hayes getting the backup center minutes and some backup four minutes? Or are they going to push... Graham to the bench and start CJ at one and then have Hayes at the four. That's 30 minutes versus like 22, 23 minutes. That's the difference to me, not Nance. It's, it's the, now, he can still get some minutes backing up the four, Hazy, and backing up the five. You get his 16 backing up the five and get 10 maybe backing up the four, but not necessarily. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, Nance is done. I don't, I don't think it boosts Hayes. It may be boosting maybe a minute or two, but it's not a gigantic, huge boon through the roof stuff. The Pelicans, or former Pelicans, were involved in more stuff today. Nikhil Alexander-Walker moved on to Utah. I discussed that in a full show earlier today, so you can go check out that show. Nothing there has changed my opinion on that since that show aired. Andre Iguodala and Otto Porter are both out again tomorrow for the Golden State Warriors, so maybe it's a big John Kaminga option. Jay Scrub. Not the season-ending Clippers news we were waiting to hear on, but he's out for the rest of the year with a foot issue. James Harden and LaMarcus Aldridge are out again tomorrow. I guess further fueling speculation about Harden's status moving forward. One of the That's the biggest question heading into the trade deadline. I hope I don't wake up and it's already happened. I'm going to be up early, but I hope it hasn't happened by the time I get up to see what's actually going down there with Harden. But he is not playing tomorrow. Interestingly, the Thunder waved Mamadi Diakiti, which is pretty weird considering Robinson Earl and Muscala are out long-term, but they got rid of him. We'll talk about the Thunder a little bit later on, but he was providing some okay deeper league sort of value. While Kristaps Porzingis... Porzingis. 
He's got a bone bruise in that knee. That is not great. It's never a good thing when Puzingas has got a knee problem to begin with. But this is not just a basic knee soreness. This is a bone bruise. And that is a genuine concern as to what happens here for you know, the short term leading up to the All-Star break, whatever it is. It is genuine concern for me for his short to medium term uh, impact for this season. Let's look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Again, be really careful what you're doing. It starts with the paces. Goga Badadze's roster percentage is up 50. Isaiah Jackson's up 24. We still don't know what's going to happen. So we don't know if Turner's going to return. We don't know what's going to happen when Jackson is back. Goga at the moment actually has the value. And again, if we weren't preserving ads for the deadline, he'd be a great option to stream. But Jackson might return. They might play 24 minutes each. Jackson might play 27, 24 behind Goga and some, some at power forward next to him. We just don't know. Or he might be stuck playing 18 minutes a night, Jackson, behind Goga, and that's it, as has happened basically every game so far. He's played no minutes at the four, and he's played all of his minutes behind you know, with Goga getting the preference. Oh, we don't know how it's going to work out, but they're being added a lot. Kaminga's up 21%. I don't know. That's a wrong move. Yeah, it's great to stream, but it's the wrong move in general. Winslow up 18%. Yeah, I think it is worth it. We detailed that earlier in the show today. He's not that good where it's an absolute must and I, I would burn a waiver ad necessarily before the deadline, but it's one to consider. Baisley up 14%. Yeah, there is a little bit of value there, but not, not a must. Beasley up 10 is a waste. PJ Washington up 8. Yeah, with the absences there of Gordy Haywood, there's a little bit of a boost for Peach. Cam Thomas up 8. That's that's worthless as a stream. Oh, no, it's great as a stream. It's worthless to burn an ad on a stream. JaVal McGee up 7. I, 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 don't, I don't know why. McGee's great on a stream day when Phoenix is playing. Phoenix isn't even playing today. He's not a long-term guy that you've got to hold on to at all points. And then KCP up six. I don't really think that's worth the ad there either. In terms of the blokes who have been dropped the most over this time frame, Beal down 23. Yes, drop. Obviously, Larry Nance down 14. Obviously, drop. Claxton down 13. Yes, I'd say that's a drop. Um, Kelly Linick down 12. I would, I would hold until the deadline, but he could easily be um, droppable. Coffee down 12. Yes. The Red Rooster down, uh, Red Rooster Terry Taylor down 12%. I don't think there's any reason to hold him. Um, who's this Johnson giggity that I've just uh, looked at? I've got his name here. He's written as Johnson, and I've just completely blanked on who it is. Amir Johnson, Raptors legend. Who the hell is Johnson? What is wrong with my brain? I wrote it down. And I've just forgotten. I've got to go to my list now, my other list to see who it is. Oh, that's who it is. Cameron Johnson, of course. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, look, he is a drop. But again, I'd rather do it when I'm adding a long-term deadline piece. A Kongwu down nine. Yep, I, I like him. But is the upside actually high enough? Probably not. Ibaka down nine. I don't know why he was rostered. And Harkless down eight. Yeah, he's not a 12-team league player. So all of those guys dropped, which makes an absolute shit ton of sense. It also makes a shit ton of sense. Bet online. I'm sure you're going to love me swearing in your ads. But to go with Bet online, they've got you covered all season. Heading into the Super Bowl, more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. This is the last reminder. Tomorrow, Locked On NBA, 2 p.m. Locked On NBA YouTube channel. It's a live trade deadline show. Kim Becker's hosting. John Corrales and myself are going to be breaking down everything that goes on in that um, 
uh, well, at the deadline, before the deadline, whatever. We're going to talk about all the trades. So join us over on the Locked On NBA channel. I'll be tweeting it out throughout the day. I've already tweeted it out a couple of times on my timeline. You can see the link there. Just go to Locked On NBA. You'll see a scheduled show, the Locked On NBA trade deadline show. So check us out over there. All right, let's look at the games now. The Spurs, they lost to the Cavs. Um, yeah, they, they lost to the Cavs. It's as simple as that. 105-92. Jakob Pertl only 29 minutes, 7-11, two steals and three blocks. Good production from Pertl. His minutes not quite where you want him, but, but still really good numbers. I fielded an insane amount of questions about Zach Collins today. At least four or five questions about Zach Collins being a 12-team ad. And while four or five is not many, it is an insane amount for Zach Collins, who had five, seven, and three in 18 minutes. I thought he looked all right out there, but he also played 18 minutes strictly as a backup to Yucca Pertle. And I do not think that he is going to supplant Yucca Pertle and play 26 minutes a night. In fact, he probably needs 28 minutes to be a 12-team league player. Is there any way that's happening? I guess if you expect Pertle to be traded, I don't. And if, but if Pertle get, does get traded, yes, then I would add Zach Collins, depending on what else comes back in a deal. But I wouldn't be preemptively stashing Zach Collins based on what I saw today. He was fine. Like five, seven, and threes, all right. The seven and three is really interesting in 18 minutes. But I'm not add, I'm not definitely not burning an ad in a 12-team league. Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. 17 points, two threes, two steals, and a block. Good. DeJounte Murray, 16, 6, and 9. Rough on the field goals, lack of defensive stats, but good numbers nonetheless. And my man Devin Vassell played 28. He had 18 points, he had two threes, he had two steals. It's a good line overall, but do I trust it yet? No, I'm not really at that spot too. Because it's not that I don't believe he's a good player. I just think that I know there are inconsistencies in his game and inconsistencies in the playing time that Pop gives him, which makes it tough to rely upon him as a must-roster 12. Keldon Johnson had a Keldon Johnson. That's 18 and 7 on 33% shooting with one assist. At least he hit three threes. And he went 50... Uh, no, he didn't. He hit his only free throw. That's a bonus as well. He's been better of late, but he only fits certain teams. He's not a must-roster guy across the board. McDermott did nothing. Four points on 10 shots. While Joshy Primo played minutes over Lonnie Walker, 22 versus 11. Four points for Primo, and uh, Walker went scoreless. Oh, man, Lonnie Walker, oh, he is uh, he is disappointing, to say the least. I think that's... Yeah, I think that's a fair way to... Uh, Fair way to phrase it as a as a prospect. Anyway, not that I was massively um, in on him as a player, but yeah, he has uh, let down even my modest expectations. Darius Garland returned for the Cavs. He was on the 30-minute limit. 27, 5, and 6 on 80% shooting. So a pretty bloody good return. Of course, 80% shooting is not realistic. Well, Jarrett Allen had 15 and 14, and even Evan Mowley got back on track. Hit his free throws, which is awesome. 18 and 12. It was, of course, as I'm burying the lead, the debut, or how would you say it, uh, debut, of Karis LeVert. 28 minutes, 11 points, 36% shooting, one rebound, two assists, and one steal. And that stinks. That is not good. Um, he's the 101st ranked player for the season. He had been playing a lot better before the trade. But remember how bad he was to begin the year. And if he stays in a 28-minute-a-night bench roll where his usage is a little bit limited, we're holding him for now, for sure. But this was always going to be a drop-in production for him. And he might end up becoming an actual drop in 12-team leagues. Don't count that out. Okoro, 14 and 4, two threes and two steals. I do think Okoro will continue to start over Levert. It's more going to come down to whether they want to start Wade slash Markinen or Levert. I think they might keep Levert in that bench roll. That, that could change it, especially while Markinen's out. Wade had uh, zero points in 16 minutes. Shout out to him. 
Rough night from Kevin Love. Don't drop base on this. You might be in, inclined to look at and go, well, Levert was there, so Love stinks now. Seven points in 24 minutes. That's shocking. But he played 24 minutes. He had 10 boards, and he shot 23%, including one of four from the line. Kevin Love's, you know, at worst, he's normally a three or four from the line, and he's not a 23% shooter. So this easily could have been a 14, 14 and 10 game in 24 minutes. And you go, that's still pretty bloody good. Don't drop based on this under the false assumption that his production is down because of Karis Levert. It's because the shots just didn't go in, including a weirdly poor game from the um, from the free throw line, which is just not something you usually expect from Big Kev. The next game is the Bulls and the Hornets. The Bulls get that victory, 121-109. Pretty comfortable in the end. Let's have a look at the big fella. It's Bulls. It's Big bitch. 69% shooting. Of course, he didn't take a free throw. 18, 15, and 8 with three blocks, while Levine had 27, 7, and 5, and DeRozan 36, 5, and 4. But another weird night from the line from DeRozan, 70%. And that's not terrible. But on 10 attempts, it's impactfully negative. And he's an 88% guy. I don't know why he's had these weird free throw nights. There was no Dasunmu, so Kobe White started. He played a lot of minutes, 38 of them. He had 15, 3, and 3. And in other times, that would be an absolutely fine stream while Dasunmu is out. But I wouldn't burn a waiver ad trying to get Kobe White in for maybe two games, maybe literally zero more games as a starting point guard when the deadline's coming up. Javante Green stunk 6, 3, and 3 with a steal, but again, still worth a hold for now. If a great option comes out and he's your best player, or your worst player, if he's your best player, then I apologize, your team's trash. If he's your worst player, then he is obviously a trade, trade deadline drop. Anyone who is your worst player, and that is a key piece of information that I'm just going to chuck in here in the middle of a Bulls-Hornets recap. Figure out your roster. Who is your worst player? You have to know who your worst player is. Who is your worst player? Because that is the guy that as soon as you're making the reactionary trade deadline pickup, that guy goes. You might not have time to muck around and work out, oh, who am I going to move on from? Know who you're moving on from. Know who that guy is. See us later. And yeah, add the new person, whoever it is, depending on what trades go down. For the Hornets, they were really, really thin here. They played just an eight-man rotation because Haywood, Martin, Booknight, and McDaniels were all out. LaMelo was great, 33-9-5 with four steals, and Miles Bridges had 22-5-5. Nothing to complain about with those lines. While Rogier played 39 minutes and had 16-4-6. Ubre elevated to starting. He played 36. He had 19 points on 19 shots. No assists, of course. But his value now is going to stabilize pretty well, given that Haywood is out. Well, it um, wasn't a great night from PJ Washington. Five points in 34 minutes on 29%. He did have eight boards, and importantly, he played 34 minutes. He is a fine 12-team league back-end player, but he's just so wildly inconsistent. While Mason Plumley had 11 boards, he played 27 minutes. And both Washington and Plumley, they'll find both of their minutes jump up while these guys are out. But as Martin and then McDaniel slowly cycle back, even Booknight, He'll probably get some time with Haywood out. It will have an impact up up and down the roster, yeah, pushing some of those minutes away from Washington and away from Plumley. Nick Richards also played, so that's cool, I guess. And Ish Smith had two points in his 15 minutes to round out their extraordinarily short rotation. If you've got a short rotation on one of your car parts, is that something that happens with cars? You have short rotations? I don't know. But if you need parts for your car, head to rockauto.com. You wouldn't want to go to a local chain auto parts store. That sounds like torture. That sounds like listening to Mark Jackson on a broadcast. So instead, head to rockauto.com. They're an online auto parts customer. Well, they're an online auto parts business serving customers for over 20 years. Why would you spend 30, 50, 100% more on exactly the same parts, whether that's brake parts or tail lamps or motor oil or even new carpet? Rock Auto has everything you need for your car or truck. So head across to their easy to explore website. That's rockauto.com. 
See that go there right now and see all of those parts available for your car or truck. And right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's go on to the next game. This was the Raptors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's only fair if I'm going to criticize Tom Thibodeau, and I'm going to criticize Tom Thibodeau, by the way. Tom Thibodeau, RJ Barrett's doubtful tomorrow with an ankle sprain after you kept him in with a minute to go with, when you're up 17 points. It was bound to happen. You're a dickhead. See ya. Sorry. You shouldn't do that. And Nick Nurse, when you're up against the Thunder and you're 20 points up, I don't need to see 40 minutes of Pascal Siakam. I honestly don't. Oh, and it's also on the first game of a back-to-back. I know you don't trust your bench, but those minutes, especially 40 for Siakam, it's insanity. It's just not necessary. He's crushing it. You do not need to do this. You know, you can trust a little bit more of, instead of six minutes for Ken Birch, you can play 10. Boucher can play 24. Achua can play minus 10. Whatever you need to do, you don't need 40 minutes on a back-to-back of a 20-point victory against the Thunder. Siakam was great, though. 27, 16, and 5 on 77%. Van Vliet had 21 with six triples and six assists. And Gaz Trent. Wow, was he nice? Nice, Gary! Yes, he was. 16 points, five steals. And it's always with him. Like, you look at the rebounds, you go, that's shithouse. One board, two assists, 16 points, nice. And then he chucks in five steals and that rescues the line. He's been excellent. We know that. But it always nags in my head, this is fluky. Why why is he shooting 10 percentage points higher? Why is he averaging more steals than almost anybody? Like, what's going on? Why is it happening? But that's fine. It's happening. So we accept that it's happening. Barnsley played just 31 minutes, 17, 2, and 4 for Scotland, while the Jedi... OG and Anobi. But what about Scar? OG. Balenciaga stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 15 points, 10 rebounds, three threes. Decently good line. Another game, three in a row, under 20 for Boucher. Nine and five. Again, if he's your worst player, say bye-bye tomorrow. Be ready to drop him. The minutes are not going well. And I do not see a situation where the Raptors trade someone to open up more minutes for Boucher. They're already playing as thin as possible. So if they're getting a trade, someone's coming in and he's losing playing time. So just be aware that he is a droppable player. And Precious Chua remains, honestly, the worst player I've ever seen. Uh, that's harsh on the bloke. Actually, let's rephrase it. He's the one. Jeremy Grant's up there for players this season. Watching Achua, it's, it is painful. It is torturous to watch him out there play. It is horrific. On to the Thunder. Poku back. He's definitely back playing. 30 minutes for Pokyshevsky. 18 points, four threes, four steals, two blocks, 78% shooting. And that is a brilliant fantasy line. 41 fantasy points. He's only played two games in the last two weeks. On a per-game basis, he ranks 17th. Hmm. Hmm. Now, with Muscala, Roby, Robinson Earl, Wiggins all out, there's 25 minutes a night here easy for Poku. Is he worth the ad? Is he worth burning a waiver wire add-on at this point? No. But maybe... If he gets 26 minutes next game, I will add him. And I am real close to looking at it right now. Even the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, 6, 12, and 6 are still on a block in 31 minutes. He could be on a different team tomorrow. But that Poku one, really interesting. He looks he looked very assured of himself. Joshua Giddy, 13, 9, and 6 in his low minutes, while Dort had 15, 4, and 4. And Trey Mann was atrocious. 2, 4, and 2 for him. Um... That's really quite poor. Like he'd been, um, 
he'd been. I don't think he's that good. Uh, that's simple as that. I just don't think he's that good. And I don't think he should be a 12-team league player. Baisley, you know, he struggled with a shot as he usually does, but 13-4 and four with two steals is enough for 12-team value. So the people that added him, you, you will hold him. But again, if he's your worst guy, then he does become somewhat expendable. Well, the Salt Flake, haven't spoken about Dior Maladon all that often, but 31 minutes, 18 points, three threes, three assists, one steal, one block. He's been bad for most of the season, but he's picked it up of late. Just a, a name to watch for deeper leagues. Well, Derek Favors played 15 minutes, didn't take a single shot, and had three boards. And he's their only center. So they played 40 or 33 minutes of this game without a center, with Pokishevsky and Williams and Baisley playing a center. And given their roster, I think they're going to have to do that a little bit more. All right, let's go on to the next game. Ooh. Embarrassing for the Lakers. Really embarrassing. 107, Portland. 105, Lakers. This is a Portland team, mind you, that has nobody. Nobody. I know the Lakers were there at Westbrook, but they have LeBron and Anthony Davis. That is embarrassing stuff. I don't know what they're going to do with the deadline. It's feeling more and more like Westbrook's getting traded. I just don't know. LeBron had 30 and 7, 7 assists and 3 steals. That's great. You lost to Portland. Anthony Davis had 17, 7 and 6, 1 steal and 4 blocks. That's also pretty good, but you lost to Portland. Um, good game from Taylor Horton Tucker. 14 points with 4 threes. He had 7 assists. He got a steal. You lost to Portland. Just watch THT in case he moves somewhere, but he's been shit out nearly all season. Malik Monk was really bad. 7 points in 29 minutes and you got a couple of those points late. Um, 38% shooting. Still want to hold him. Again, starting Trevor Ariza... And Avery Bradley. It's not even a war crime, mate. That, that's worse. I don't even know what it is. Intergalactic space treason. It's something crazy. What are you doing? Frank Vogel. Terrific coaching. And I know you don't have many options because your roster's been assembled like someone who doesn't know what a PS5 controller is and they're playing 2K. But you still don't have to start Avery Bradley and Trevor Ariza. I promise you don't have to do that. Stanley Johnson had 11-6 and six with a triple one. That's nice enough for 20-team leagues. Ariza did nothing. Bradley did nothing. The team is disgusting. They are bad. They are very bad. They're going to make the playoffs, or play in at least, but they are really bad. For the Blazers, Dennis Smith. That line looks great. Seven points, 11 assists, six steals. One of the dumbest plays you'll ever see as well towards the end of the game. Um, but yeah, do we really trust six steals and 11 assists in 22 minutes? Of course we don't. Just keep an eye on him. The big names to watch here, or the big names, the big names are CJ Allaby and Justice Winslow. 11 and 8 for Winslow with three assists and four steals. 12 team worthy. I don't mind him as an ad. CJ Allaby, 8 and 8, four assists, one steal, one block, 43 minutes. Remember though, Josh the Hitman Hart did not play. He was available to play. He just rested. Poor baby. He just had a rest. In fact, I've got a sound just for that, and now I've got to find it. I'm not. Tired. Ah, yeah. All right. I think Winslow and Allaby will be fringe 12-team league players. And that was good enough here. But Hart is going to have an impact of some sort. And there is the rumor, allegedly, they're trying to get Jeremy Grant. Why? I don't know. But apparently, they're trying to do that. Simons was great. 29 points with five assists. And Nurkic had 19 and 12. Big numbers for those guys. McLemore started eight points in 28. He's only really a deeper league player to me. Hart's going to cut into... The vast, vast majority of his value would be my guess. All right, let's do the next game. Warriors and the Jazz. Blowout victory for the Jazz here. Huge. 111, 85, the final score. Um, there was no Clay, no Draymond, no Iguodala. 
Jordan Poole started, played 32 minutes, had 18 points, three assists. Pretty strong game from him. He's been really, really solid of late, you know, good, putting up good numbers. Wiggins was pretty okay as well. 13-3-4 with two steals and a block. Nice production across the ball. Well, Steph Curry's shooting conti- concerns continue. 30 minutes, 16 points, 39%. Seven rebounds and two assists. He's now down to number six for the season. And I think that's probably yeah, back end of top 10 is where you expect him. Looney played through his issue, but only 23 minutes. He had a hip issue. Uh, seven rebounds with two points. And Otto Porter, only 15 minutes for Porter. He won't play tomorrow, apparently. Eight points in those 15. Um, Kaminga, 12 points, two threes, 23 minutes. Totally fine. Yeah, there's an opportunity for him for more minutes tomorrow, but he's not worth burning a waiver add-on. Now, if you miss out on all these other trade deadline guys tomorrow and you want to stream him in for tomorrow's game, by all means. But that's... Realistically, that's all you need to do. John Kaminga is the 412th ranked player this year in category leagues on a per-game basis. For the Utah Jazz. The world. No Rudy Gobert. So Yudoka as a BUK started, but Whiteside played 29. He had 9 points, 17 boards, 2 steals and 7 blocks. Alright. Just keep rolling with Whiteside until Gobert returns. Don Mitchell, 14, 10, and 8 in limited minutes, while Bogdanovich had 23 and 6. And Trenner Forrest, 23 minutes for Trenner, 11, 3, and 5. Good numbers, but Alexander Walker's going to eat into some of his playing time, I would guess. Jordan Clarkson played 29 minutes. He had 13 points on 14 shots. Shout out to the bloke who told me, and I I mean, I'm not picking on the guy, but it's like, yeah, man, they had to bring Alexander Walker in because, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, they need someone to help him out because, yeah, well, they need someone to replace Jordan Clarkson because Clarkson's been shooting so poorly. Have you seen Alexander Walker? Have you seen him play? I don't think so. Anyway, Clarkson, 13 points on 14 shots. He's fine for now. I don't think he will be a must-roster 12-team league player as we move forward, but I have uh, expressed that opinion enough. We've only got 25 minutes out of Mike Conley. That might be um, low enough for him to actually play tomorrow on the back-to-back, but that's been sort of an up-and-down thing all through the season is in terms of um, whether he sticks in the back-to-back and how many minutes he plays and all that sort of stuff. It's, not, it's a bit of a fluid situation, so we'll have to watch that tomorrow. But if he is out, then you would really fire up Clarkson and you get a little bit more out of Trent Forrest in that situation as well. The last game of the day, the Wolves and the Kings, the new look, Sacramento Kings. They win, 132-119. For the Wolves, Pat Beverly was out, so they started Jaden McDaniels. He was solid enough, 13 points with three threes, but he's not must roster. While Goose Anthony Edwards played through his knee problem, played 38 minutes, and I should have played his sound. I apologize. Scored 26 points, but one rebound and one assist. That's pretty putrid. 40% shooting is not good. He's in a real slump at the moment. And I know you might say this is not a real slump, but it is. He was like putting up top 25 value for a while, and that has dropped way off. Vanderbilt, 34 minutes for Vanderbilt bar. 8 and 11, a steal and a block. That's what you want from him. While uh, D'Angelo Russell was crazy. 29.6 triples, 10 assists, a steal, a block. He was excellent, while Towns had 21, 7 and 8. Strong numbers there. Um, McLaughlin continues to play over Noel. He didn't recapture the magic of yesterday where he had 11 assists and was a perfect shooter. He had 4-2-2. Two, two. Yeah, that is just deeper league stuff, of course. Well, Beasley didn't recapture what he did either. Six points on 22% shooting, not a 12-team league player. Everyone added him. Well, not everyone. A lot of people did, mistakenly. Let's talk about the um, Kings. I'm not convinced they're done. Sabonis started, played 33 minutes, 22-14-5. That's just sort of what he does, isn't it? Not great from the line, 2-3. of three. Good numbers. That is that is what he does. The minutes probably would have been higher, but he did get some foul trouble and he copped a whack in the face that meant him made him sit out most of the third quarter. He'd played 18 first half minutes, but big numbers. Harrison Barnes played 30 
36 minutes, 30 points with four rebounds. No, I'm just completely lost my mind here. Let's start again. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He played 36 minutes. He had 30 points with four triples, eight rebounds. 73% shooting, 10 of 10 from the line. Is he on this team tomorrow? I don't know. Darren Fox. Definitely thriving without Halliburton. Without a pesky other good player to take the ball out of his hands. 27 and 8. Two threes, two blocks. Hitting the threes at a really high rate at the moment. I would maybe consider a sell high. Interestingly enough, and I know they won, right? When I, when I criticize the Kings, I do it because it's fun. <laughs> but because I think it's, it's needed, right? I know they won the game. But why do you draft a point guard two years in a row? An undersized small point guard the second year in Davion Mitchell. Then decide to trade the point guard who was actually working well next to... They were working well together with each other. Halliburton and and Mitchell. So you trade one of those guys away, Halliburton. And then decide after one game that we can't actually start Fox and Mitchell together. We've got to throw Justin Holiday in there instead. Now, I know Mitchell still played 34 minutes and had 18-7-7 with a steal and a block. They're really good numbers. But the fact that you moved into the bench after one game of starting with Fox is really not ideal process in my mind. Again, they won. So who, you're going to say, who cares? But an NBA season's not one game. An NBA career's not one game. Nothing is one game. That's all well and good. But the fact that he moved to the bench for Justin Holiday is a very weird decision to me. Chemezi Metu, on fire early. I think he had 10 points in the first quarter. He had three for the rest of the game. 25 minutes, 13 and five. They're good numbers. There was no Harkless. There was no Bagley. As of tomorrow, those guys might not exist on this team. Metu is not one to add now. He's one to watch. There could be a 30-minute roll coming for him. There might not be. Rashawn Holmes. He played 12 minutes. So whatever the personal reasons was yesterday, it was either something legit with his family and something there, or he was just very, very sad that they acquired Sabonis. One of those two things. Because he was fine to play today. Fine to play 12 minutes today. And I don't know whether he's going to get traded. So I would implore you to hold Rashawn Holmes. It has been hard. It has been very hard to do it. Giggity. But you got 12 hours less, depending on when you're listening to this. More maybe if you listen to it early. Hold, please, until the deadline. So if he gets traded to the Raptors, to the Hornets, to the Mavericks, whatever, and he plays 28 minutes a night, you'll be kicking yourself. All right, as Obi's deciding to leave. We didn't want to hear about Rashawn Holmes, Obi. All right, see you later. Um, yeah, hold. It's painful. And then if the deadline comes and he's not moved, Jack Armstrong will be firing up at a million decibels. Get that garbage out of here! But for now, he's a hold. Jeremy Lamb played 31 minutes in his Kings debut, 14-6-5 with three threes and two blocks. That's interesting. Do we look at that as something that's real? Hmm. There's a there's a role there for him off the bench with, with Mitchell, but they played some really weird lineups, I guess, with... You know, not we're not playing. You know, not big at all. Your Barnes at the four more. It's not. That's not weird. That's what they should do. Um, I watch Lamb. I won't get. I won't get super into it. I won't get massively in like. Oh yeah, I've got to add Jeremy Lamb. But um, yeah, I I, I want to watch that. That's a very interesting development that I didn't really see coming. Uh, for this team. So we'll just uh, we'll just watch it. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous is Siakam. Your waiver wire is Pokyshevsky. Your young gun is LaMelo Ball. And your dart of the night is Kevin Love. The top players for today. 
Number one for category leagues is Siakam, followed by LeBron James, Nikola Vucevic, Hassan Whiteside, Harrison Barnes, D'Angelo Russell, LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland, Alexei Pokyshevsky, and Darren Fox. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50%. Pokyshevsky at one. As I said, maybe, maybe, might be an ad tomorrow afternoon after the deadline. Dennis Smith, not really. Horton Tucker, probably not. Jeremy Lamb, you're watching that one. Not adding, but watching. Okoro, no. Kenrich Williams, maybe. Maladon, probably not. Jaden McDaniels, probably not. Justice Winslow, probably. And then Troy Brown, probably not. Top 10 players in points leagues. Lamello, followed by Whiteside, Siakam, Vucevic, LeBron, D'Angelo, Russell, Anthony Davis, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, and DeMar DeRozan. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Excited for tomorrow with the trade deadline coming up. Live show on Locked On NBA, then a full recap on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. After that, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.